This is a download from Ormskirk Christadelphians of one of our Sunday afternoon talks. A video of the talk is also available along with more downloads at our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk or join us in person at our meeting room on Moorgate in Ormskirk every Sunday at 1.45pm. We hope you enjoy the talk. Thank you everybody for coming this afternoon. Uh, today's subject, as I was announced, is uh, pray for those that pers- uh, sorry, love your enemies and pray for those that persecute you. Uh, and today I'm going to put all, well, Andrew is going to put all the passages on the screen so you don't have to turn to them. And it will be, I will be reading from the NIV version. So now, the first question, how do you love someone that hates you? And, and this is the most difficult and almost impossible thing to do. This is a very big question we have to ask. Everyone thinks that loving the friends, the colleagues, family, husband and wife is the only right thing to do. And why? Because they will love you back. Loving your wife, husband, is enormous, normal unless you are a selfish person. Loving your friends and your, and your wife as, as, or husband is just the normal thing to do. But it's completely another thing to love an enemy, someone who wants to harm on you. But Jesus says that we are not to just put on a smile and mind our own business when we are hated. We have to try to do good to our enemies, and this is agape love. Now, agape is a rare word in Greek. It was made almost exclusively in Christian writings to speak the kind of love from one to another. And the other Greek words for love are eros, which is man-to-woman love, philos, which is love for family and brotherly love, and estergos, which is natural affection love. But agape love is really different type of love that the world has not seen in action until Jesus came along with it. And Jesus used very strong words in these verses. He said, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Speak well of your enemies. And to pray for or to plead for your enemies. And these are very, um, after this verse, describing of to do good to our enemies. So, let's see. Let's think for a moment. Who are our enemies? Are these our enemies? Trump? Or Putin? Or Kim Jong-un? Or any politicians of the world? Or the terrorists of this world? Or, come with me to Mark chapter 7. He went on. And he said, what come out of the person is what defiles them. For it is from the within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slanders, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from the inside and defile a person. Or in Galatians chapter 5. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, faction and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. 
I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. I don't think there were the enemies that Jesus was referring to. I think Jesus was referring to this kind of enemies. Come with me to 2 Timothy, chapter 2. Uh, chapter 3, sorry. But Mark, uh, Barthes, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, no lovers of the good, treacherous, brass, conceited, lover of pleasure rather than the lovers of God. So the list goes on and on. Anyone that does not like you and they want to hurt you, for example, these people can be your enemies. People that you don't know. If a person driving another car, a colleague at work, your boss, a teacher, a person that does not like the things that you do, a neighbor that wants what you have. We remember the story of Cain and Abel, where through jealousy, a murder was committed. Anyone, anyone that opposes the will of God is an enemy. Now we, now what can do to understand this? And this is the why he's teaching, Jesus is teaching his disciples to think. But how do I love my enemy? We must ask this question very seriously. This is not a matter of just thinking nice thoughts. We need Jesus to shine our heart within us so that we can have the kind of heart before our enemies. And that's why God sent Jesus to transform and forgive a world full of wicked people. Somehow God loved the people of Israel, even though they disobey him again and again. And he doesn't give up on them. They are unfaithful and are punished. But then God, again, seeking to bless them. He does not give up. That is why we need to love our own enemies. We have plenty of strong examples for our God to follow. But how we do this? I don't think we wait for, for feelings of love. Instead, we start to act actions of love. And feelings might follow later. We start doing what Jesus wants us to do. So do good when we find a, a way we can do something good for our worst enemies. And why? Because we are trying to find on our own, our own evil heart to love him for Jesus' sake. To bless them. When we think of the person who is insulting us and saying untrue and nasty things about us, we must remember Jesus when he was on the cross and how he took the accusation and insults and only ask God to bless them. When we are with friends, instead of complaining about our unjust treatment, go out of our way to speak well of our enemies and to pray, as well as praying for family and friends. We don't, we also, why we don't also pray for our enemies? Start to God to help them, ask God to heal the suffering in their lives. That may be the reason of the evil actions. Ask God to bless them and show mercy to them. Why? In order to find in our heart to love them. If we do good when we find opportunities, 
and pray and plead intensely before the Lord, we will find that God will begin to put love in our hearts towards our enemies. Jesus wants us to be an army of disciples, to look at enemies, and it, he and his father look at them as people to love and care for. Jesus wants to change you and me and obey Jesus' command in these verses, along with the working of the Holy Spirit in our hearts, we will achieve that. Luke chapter 6, 29. If someone slaps you in one cheek, turn them the other also. If someone ties your coat, do not withhold your shirt from, it, from them. Now, turning the other cheek, as made into English language, as an expression meaning to go out of your way, to avoid a nasty confrontation. Even though provoked, instead of getting your own back, you turn the other cheek. In fact, I think that's very close to what this sentence means in Jesus' teaching. Remember, the content is enemies, those who insult us and seek to embarrass us. And Jesus' point is that we have to avoid hitting back, which is the natural human reaction. How can we love when we hit back with something that will hurt our enemies? Husband and wife sometimes get into arguments, tension that may have been simmering for years, boil over once again, and with the boiling comes anger, and with the anger I will not you to, de to defend, but to strike back, to have the last word unheard. Jesus' instruction to turn the other cheek is that we do his will, in every area of our lives. Don't get your own back, don't hit back. Don't change from position of prayerful love for your enemies. Love does not get revenge. Love looks for enemies' good. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud, it is not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily anger. It keeps no record of wrongs. And love does not delight in evil, but rejoice with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. And the second command is even harder to understand. It says, If someone ties your coat, do, do not withhold yourself from them. But the principle is the same, after all. When your enemy takes your cloak, remember that you love him. You are praying for him. You are blessing him and seeking his good. Don't be nasty and accuse him. You love him, remember. Let have him, let have, let him have you served also. I don't think we can do this easily ourselves, but with the love of Jesus working through us, he can teach us to love our enemies, even other words. After all, we can learn from the master of patience and repeat the forgiveness. On the cross, this is how Jesus treated his enemies. He called to his father and asked him, said, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. And we will argue about a cloak or a shirt. Jesus is seeking to teach disciples to think and act on love like he does. Turning the other cheeks is actually what he did as the soldiers spat on him and scourged him and put a thorny crown onto his head 
and mocked mock him as a king. Was he tempted to react? Oh yes, he was, but he didn't. Why? Because he loved them, and that is the essential lesson. This word does not mean that we should, should let criminals run free to do violence to any person. It does not mean we shouldn't call the police when someone has been robbed. It does not mean that we should stand doing nothing when someone is assaulted. Jesus' words are not about crime or pacifism in war. They are about loving enemies in an essential way. The same goes for people taking your clothes. If you were to take this verse literally, we will be naked. Is that what Jesus proposed for this? Of course not. This is an, an exaggeration to make a point, to have love for your enemies. In Luke chapter 6 and verse 30, Give to everyone who asks you, and if any ties with that belong to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you will have them to do to you. Now, when our enemy seeks to take away what we own, we are still to love them. Our love is to rise above evil actions, and that is Jesus' point. Does Jesus mean that we are to give to every beggar we meet? Of course not. He expects us to be good stewards of our money. The point is how we treat our enemy and the why we love them. And now Jesus moves from the love of enemies and how, to, how it can be applied generally. He states this for all clearly how we are to use love. We are to treat people the way we would like to be treated. Not the way they, des they deserve to be treated, but the way we would like to be treated. If Jesus had treated us as we deserve, we'd be all lost. But he has shown us grace and now expect his disciples to give out the same love to the world in his name. In Luke chapter 6, verse 32, He says, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that for you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners and expect them to be repaid in full. Now, Jesus gives us a number of examples to explain the difference between a selfish, careful way of a dealing and his own essential love. Even sinners, unbelievers, immoral people care about their friends. It is great what they goes around comes around. So let's all be nice. But that isn't Jesus' point. He tells us to show kindness even if we won't get shown kindness in return. Unselfish love, serving love is agape love, is what he is clarifying here. Self love, seek repayment, the sooner the better. Agape love seeks no repayment. But there will be a day when we will be repaid in full in the Father's kingdom. Jesus' disciples will have the high position of son of the king. There will be a payday somewhere in the future, but we are not to seek it now in this life. The eyes of, the eyes of faith are taught to look beyond the sin to the unseen in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 
So we fix our eyes, our eyes on what is sin, but on what is unseen, since what is unseen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And in Luke chapter 5, and verse 35, But love your enemies, do good to them, that, and, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be the children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. And Jesus gave instructions about love to all mankind. But now, he narrowed the view again to enemies. Anyone can love, can love, friend, can love friends, and we must do, but the test of the real love is when we love enemies. Jesus puts that way of teaching to his disciples. If they will follow him, they must learn the Father's way, the way of long-suffering, the way of love, the way of mercy. And Jesus gives three commands as the necessity of this pass or fail exam. He says, love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. And we surely can't repay enough to compensate for the precious blood of Jesus that was poured out on our behalf, that make amends for our sin and mercy to those who have no way of repayment. Jesus' death for our sin is the greatest love. And disciples of Jesus must learn to be merciful. No one is useful. No one is convenient. No one is received is worthy. Mercy is never justified. It is given freely to those who are willing to follow his teaching and act on it. And how? To believe that his teaching is real and become a disciple through the waters of baptism. That is what the, the disciples must learn. In, in Galatians chapter 5, in verse 22, says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one and being each other. And in Romans chapter 12, verse 9, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another about yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Search with the Lord, peoples are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with the people for low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as depends on you, lift up peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. 
On the contrary, if your enemies is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, the cost of teaching the love to your enemies may be very difficult, as it will come with insults and ridicules. And in a figure of speaking, some blows on the cheek and stolen clothes. But to learn this is to learn the principles of the gospel, undeserved, and at the costly high price of the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus for forgiveness of sin. Then you will have a chance to be part of his family and the new kingdom when he will be sending his only begotten son to establish it here on earth. We hope you enjoyed that talk. For more downloads, videos, information about what we believe and details of our meeting times, go to our website, ormskirtchristadelphians.org.uk. Thank you.